You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for continuing to uh, listen to Real Presence Radio on your Upper Midwest Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Monsignor Schumacher, and I'm coming to you live from my office of the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, where I am pastor, have been for, I guess, 19 months here. And um, we've had a good show, and uh, we're going to have my last guest for today. Um, Her name is Brenda Bergen. Uh, Brenda, uh, this is a, uh, a, a tough topic, um, but it's a necessary topic. And I want to thank you for, uh, for coming on the show because you're, you're going to bring a lot of hope to people who have lost. First of all, that's, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I uh, am married and I have three children. Uh, I have um, two living children, and I have, uh, 18 years ago, had lost my 16-year-old son by suicide and um, in 2003, and that just really rocked my world. And so um, that is probably where my ministry has led me to. Uh, I work at uh, Eastgate Parkway Funeral Service, and um, I do support groups as well as I do one-on-one grief care visits. And I never wanted anybody to go through what we went through. Uh, Other than our church, in regards to support group, there really wasn't a support group and so uh, for suicide. And so um, you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. Grief is, is heavy, and I had a husband, and I had living children, and how do we get through this? And I'll never forget the day of our son's funeral, and a very wise gentleman had told me, if you can honor, or he said, if you can bring some good out of the loss of your son, you will be honoring the life he lived. And I remember looking at him and thinking, this man is crazy. Like, how is it possible that anything good can come from the loss of a child? And um, I remember going home, and I prayed, and I just told, you know, God, I am, I am broken. I am lost. I am empty. I f- just feel hollow inside. And please take this pain and bring some good from it and help me lead. Um, I don't know what direction my life is about to go. So just take this pain and lead me down that road. And I believe he did lead me down a good road. I spoke at your Lotus group recently. Um, Lotus means looking onward to understanding and serenity. Uh, We were at a local uh, funeral home here, and uh, many people were there, and I I spoke about um, my experience in working and preparing people to die. I had my funeral book with the almost 900 names, the the 900 people whom I've offered funeral masses for, formally. And I, I, um, I kind of included in my presentation, Brenda, how uh, grief brings us to two questions. Loss brings us to two questions. One is, how now will I live? And then looking deeper, you know, what really do I believe? 
So for those um, listening right now, and by God's grace and will, they're out there, um, and have lost someone to, to suicide or have, have suffered a loss in their life. It's, it, it can be a, a job or, or a hope. Um, what do you say to them in that question? They're probably wondering, how do I continue now? How now will I live? Well, I think you just have to, um, the words, I can and I will. You know, because I think your brain is a very powerful tool. And I think we just have to continue to say, I can and I will. Because at the time, I know I thought life for me was over. I didn't think it's possible. How long did it take? How long did you think your life was over? Um, I would say, I want to say at least three, three and a half years mm-hmm. that I had gone. And I mean, its I don't think it's ever over. Correct. Indeed. Yeah. I think you just... We know we can't stay here forever. And so to me, you have to hold on to that hope that you can and you will and that we can't do it alone, that it's okay. You know, back in the day, we were kind of taught that our feelings are something we're supposed to put in the closet and shut the door or, um, you know, stuff it inside and just suck it up. And, you know, the thing of it is, feelings is something we don't like to talk about, but it's important to talk about it because if we don't know who or what are part of those feelings, we can't take the power out of it. So Brenda, you're, 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 you work with the Eastgate Funeral Home? Yes. What is your official title? I'm the Grief Care Coordinator. The grief Care Coordinator. How do people, uh, let's start here, how do people get in touch with you? How do people become involved with your groups? How do, how do people... Uh, get get help from you. You, I, I, I thought during my presentation at your group how how your son's suicide has has brought you to do just a lot of tremendous work. How do people get in touch with the marvelous things that you're doing? Let's talk about your groups first, maybe. Okay. okay. Yep. Like you said, we have our Lotus Support Group looking onward to understanding and serenity, and that is for all types of loss. And we have uh, we meet on the second and the fourth Tuesdays at our Parkway location. And I have a ten o'clock men's group. I have a one o'clock women's group, and then we have a seven o'clock combined group. And then we also have uh, our SOS group, and that is Sounds of Silence, and that is survivors of suicide. We meet on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month. And at our Parkway location, and um, at from seven to eight, and then we also have our Sea Glass support group, and that is for youth and teens. And we meet on the first and the third Tuesdays at Parkway from seven to eight. And there is no need to register; uh, there is no cost to it. If they are interested, they can either uh, personally call me at 426-1021-701-426-1021, or they can call our um, office, which is 701-223-7322. Some people need um, permission to grieve. Exactly. Um, and this is maybe an opportunity for them to do that. Before we take our break in five minutes, um, uh, t- 
tell us how these groups happen. People can maybe be afraid of of what's going to happen, who's going to be there. They're shy. They you know, want to maintain their composure. There's a lot of a lot of emotions. Tell us what happens in you know generally when okay. your groups meet. Absolutely. So um, I usually greet people at the front door, and then uh, when it's time for group to begin. I go downstairs and I, you know, uh, kind of open it up with house rules and confidentially confidentiality being a main one. And then we usually go around, introduce ourselves, who in our life we lost, if you are able to. Um, we have many people who just put their hand up and pass. That's okay. And then we usually open up with a reading. Um, out of the book Healing After Loss by Martha Whitmore Hickman. And then we proceed with our topic. And we have a calendar for an entire year uh, for each support group. And then, um, you know, we do some educating and we have handouts. And if people want to participate and share, they can, but they don't have to. And a lot of times even just being in a support group and listening you can, um, it's just helpful in healing. And I think the thing that I get the most is they feel normal when they come. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm not like the only one who feels this way, you know, and you don't feel so alone. I think the important thing is the connection of people. I think we need to have that connection. And a lot of the people in the groups have become very close and continue to, you know, have friendship, and they can come as often as they want or as little as they want. Uh, before we take a break, Brenda Bergen is our, our guest. Uh, tell us about your son. Brandon? Please. Well, he was 16, and uh, we thought he was your typical teenage son, um, you know, with his normal ups and downs with school and family and friends and, um, you know, work and and he was very outgoing. He was um, athletic, loved sports. Uh, he was one of those kids to where if somebody was having a bad day, he could just bring them up. That was just something that he did. He was very loud. You knew when he was in the house, whether it's his music or his voice. And um, I'll always remember, you know, he'd always come home and say, Hey, Mom. You know, he was just loud. And... Um, yeah, so this was a very big surprise to us uh, when we heard of his suicide. And um, you had, you said support from your church, but not a lot of outside support outside of that. And you're literally dedicating your life to that now. Absolutely. That mm -hmm. other people don't have to go through what you went through. We've certainly been through it, Brenda. We're going to continue to talk about some, some more of your work, okay, as we come up on 44 minutes past the hour. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. This is Real Presence Live on your Upper Midwest Real Presence radio network. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. I would say um, where Catholic Radio has played a pretty important role in my faith is I, I'm a scientist, so I, I think of everything kind of in knowledge and intellectual terms. So Catholic Answers helped a lot because I might have some questions or I, I, there was a lot that I wasn't aware of. And it always seems like the callers' questions were just timed perfectly for whatever I was wondering about or had questions about. So I was able to learn kind of piece by piece and, and build. And now with kids, I really like to hear Dr. Ray's show with all the little discipline tips because he makes it so simple. Yes. Um, I think for me, you know, the history has, has been really interesting. You know, I grew up Catholic and we went to Sunday school and, and religious education, but you can always learn more and there's just, you know, there's only so much that you can learn. I mean, when you're just going once a week to religious education. So for me, it's just been really interesting to learn, you know, why do we do this or where did this come from or, you know, or to be able to answer questions when people have them. I think that's been the biggest help. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Brenda Bergen is the grief care coordinator at a local funeral home here in Bismarck, North Dakota, and she lost her son to suicide at the age of 16. She lost her son Brandon to suicide at the age of 16. She now leads um, uh, 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 groups that that help people in their grief, and uh, I presented this, Brenda, when I uh, spoke to Lotus that uh, th- there's, there, there, there's a couple ways to, to, to look at grief in the narrative of my life. And I thought of this when I was, I was covering Mass up in Beulah and Hazen one Sunday and driving back and you get on the interstate and I'm driving the speed limit and looking forward to getting back, but you got to slow down. It's 55 miles an hour. There's a bump ahead. So I slow down, get through it, Hit resume, cruise control brings the truck back, and then I forget about it. Uh, On the other hand, on that interstate, there are exits. My point is, how do do we look at grief in our life? Do do we look at it, some people look at it as a disruption, Um, like a a slow-down speed bump in my life. I got to endure it and move on. Uh, but that's not the right way to understand grief. Grief is really a pivotal juncture. It's like an exit. It changes who we are. We, we can't just endure it and, and, and almost resist it and move on because it, it's now a part of who I am. 
I'm, I'm changed. I mean, grief is not something that happens to me. I mean, a speed bump happens to me driving. Grief has become kind of who I am. And, and if people don't, don't realize that, then, then they can live with a lot of unresolved grief. Mm-hmm. Yes. What does unresolved grief do to us? It can lead us down a dark path. It can lead us to uh, numbing techniques, you know. Coping techniques. Coping, yeah. Unhealthy. Unhealthy, yeah. You know. Overworking. Yeah. Over-exercising, yeah. over-drinking, the internet. Misuse of prescription drugs, sleeping, shopping. And, and people won't even know it. Right. How, how do you get them out of that? Well, I think that, you know, um, we all know we can't stay there or it will destroy our lives, you know. But I think you have to work your grief and especially the core feelings of guilt, anger, and fear. You know, those are there, and, you know, they say time heals. Well, in time, sleep will get better, and maybe you're eating and feelings of overwhelmed and, you know, you're functioning and stuff like that. But the core feelings have to be dealt with, Um, you know, because otherwise, instead of becoming better, you become bitter, and you become a grief carrier. And so you need to kind of look and ask yourselves, you know, what feelings am I dealing with? Who or what are they about? And that's you, you have to acknowledge, express in order to set free. You need to open up. You, um, you know, for a lot of people, what happens is they, uh, it's like having a Coke can. And it's on your nightstand and, you know, say your alarm doesn't go off and you shake it. And throughout the day, these things start happening, you know, maybe you have a flat tire, maybe you ran out of gas, and it just shakes and shakes and shakes, and eventually what's going to happen if I open that Coke can? It's Mm going to, you know, it's what we call displaced anger. And so that's usually what happens is um, they're in, and it's usually directed towards people who are undeserving of that, whether it's a cashier at the grocery store or a pet or, you know, a worker. And so, you know, when those type of things happen, it's a clear sign that we have to start working with that grief, you know, because we can't keep holding it down. It's like holding a beach ball underwater. After a while, it's hard to hold down, and you just explode. And so um, unresolved grief will go follow through life with you. And it can be something, like you said, it's not just death. It can be maybe something happened as a child, you know, or a job or a move or, you know, divorce or loss of custody. And so um, you have to look at what feeling you're having in order to set it free. Uh, Brenda Bergen's my guest. Um, Brenda, it goes without saying, my most difficult funerals are those funerals who die by suicide. And, uh, and then working with their families in, in years to come. And I've had a whole range of how people have died by suicide and a, a vast experience in, in working with the families. Um, there, there's grief that, you know, your, 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 the name of your support group is Looking Onward, Lotus. Looking onward to understanding and serenity. Um, the desire, we, we all have a desire to, to move forward, and we have to. Bruised, but resilient. Uh, but there's also, as, as human beings, an impulse to look back. 
And, and the living then can look back and feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Let's, talk about, let's talk about guilt uh, of the living, uh, of those you know, who have had loved ones who have died by suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, guilt is a strong emotion, and whether it is suicide or not, a lot of times people, even if you have a 99-year-old mother in a nursing home, you know, they might say, oh, man, you know, I should have called her more, or why didn't sure. I visit more? Sure. But yes, with suicide, it magnifies, and, um, you know, a suicide is very complicated, and so a lot of what we do is we feel when it's a suicide, this, how could this have happened? You know, for me, it was like... God gave me this child to, you know, raise, protect, and, you know, and I, I failed. I didn't do that, you know. And you're going to carry guilt for quite some time, you know. But the thing of it is, guilt is something we do with mean intent to create harm. So guilt is something we do with mean intent to create harm. So there isn't anything I wouldn't have done, you know, to save my son. But I didn't know. You know, and so, but I did carry that guilt for a while, and sometimes you need to carry it for a while, but at some point you know you need to let it go. And that's where, you know, you need to, you know, the, one of the best ways to do that is to write your loved one a letter. You just say, my son's name's Brandon, dear Brandon, and everything that's going on internally, put it on paper, and then love mom. And then you turn that piece of paper over and you write, Dear Mom, and you have that person answer your letter. And it's very helpful. It's very healing, you know, to write that letter. And um, for me, what I did is I just carried that guilt for some time. And what I did is I finally, you know, I just gone to the dollar store. I got a balloon. I went up to the cemetery and out loud I said, um, you know, Brandon, you know, please forgive me for, and, um, you know, and I named my guilts, and then I asked for Brandon and my God to please help take this heaviness that I carry with me each day and release it, and then I would let that balloon go. And, I mean, I had to do that many times, over and over. It doesn't go away the first time, but you have to keep trying. You have to keep telling yourself, I can and I will. Even when the tears are rolling down your cheeks, you can and you will. Because if somebody would have said, I'd be where I am today, I would have said, it's not possible. I also tell my family is that your, your deceased loved one wants you to be happy. Absolutely. Your deceased, your deceased loved one wants you to be at peace. So be at peace. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's very good. As we wrap up here, Brenda, Brenda Bergen is my guest. She's the grief care coordinator uh, of a local funeral home here. She lost her son to suicide at the age of 16. You can listen to this show um, online if you would like uh, or share this segment with others who have suffered uh, any kind of loss. What message, Brenda, would you like people to know who are suffering from a loss? Well, I think in our car you have a rear view mirror and it's very small. And if you look in th- into it, it's going to show you what's behind you, which is your past. If you look out the front, there's a windshield much bigger. It's going to show you what's in front of you is your future. If you stay too long in that rear view mirror, that's where grief will turn to depression. Depression will turn to clinical depression. And so 
you know, we will never forget, or Amigala will not allow us to forget, but we have to tell ourselves we have to do everything we can to move forward. You may be able to visit there, but you cannot live there in the past. We have to keep doing what we can to move forward. There is hope, and it doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely. And so I encourage our listeners who need more hope or need hope to contact somebody like you or a grief care counselor in their area. And so I want to thank you, Brenda, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. God bless you, and I respect and I appreciate your work for the church and for humanity. Thank you, Brenda. We're going to take a preview of our next show. Uh, Eli, uh, what do we have coming up as we're moving towards 57 minutes past the hour? Give us some details of the, the next show coming up. Hey, thanks, Monsignor. Great show today. Got another good one. Coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Dylan Reinhardt and Teresa Curley, coming to you live from Pope Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. Well, they'll take the first half hour and introduce Dylan as the newest Real Presence Live co-host. Then, Avery Starr will talk about discipleship and how it's shaping his college student life. Plus, Grace Denning will talk about taking Christ to the streets. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Eli, thank you again for doing all the heavy lifting. I just sit down and talk for a couple hours. Uh, Karen Selinski, thank you. And I thank all of our, all of our guests. We've had uh, Bishop Kagan on today. We've had Steve Ray as well as Nicholas Qualick and Brenda Bergen. And I'd just like to close with this thought after the interview with Brenda. Uh, I think of our Lord Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who mourn. And mourning, remember, is different than desolation. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn. To mourn is is really an act of faith. It's an expression of faith. It's it's something that I do. It's not something I, I just have to deal with. And so let this uh, scripture bring you uh, peace today. Anyone who is listening anywhere, at home, in your office, driving, any loss that you've experienced, our our Lord wants us to to be at peace. And I pray for that healing upon you because God's grace will do marvelous things if we ask for it. I want to thank all of our listeners. And my name again has been Monsignor Schumacher. I'm coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi. I've enjoyed the last couple hours with you. I'll do it again. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, remember, it is a great day to have a great day. God bless everybody. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.